0: Ladies and gentlemen, get those dollars ready. Coming up next to the stage on the Other Ground Podcast, it's your host, Passive J
1: and Ryan. That's right, it is the OG Live. I'm Passive J. That's Ryan over there. Say hello, Ryan.
0: Bonjour,
1: douchebags. <laughs> that's right it's another edition of the fabulous other ground live the live call-in podcast where we take your calls about almost anything uh except my mom don't call in about my mom that's not cool
0: yeah, i don't think anyone that? would yeah i don't think anyone call in on your mom i think they would uh, make a house call to your mother
1: hey now let's not do that that's why the entire purpose of me saying let's not talk about my mom <laughs> oh,
0: well
1: wow, uh, that's you, just
0: that's you just subliminally open yourself up for that.
1: Right, right, right. How are you doing today, Ryan?
0: You know, it's another day. I spent about seven hours on conference calls today, so I'm tired of talking to people. So you can all go to hell.
1: <laughs> kind of regretting this commitment to everyday thing.
0: Not really that. I think it's more like, so this whole everybody working from home thing, I think everyone yeah. is just over time becoming more passive aggressive, like by the hour. So you get right, a bunch right. of, you know, like suburban, middle-aged, like having to deal with their, you know, five kids that they normally can escape from 50 hours a week. And it's <laughs> going downhill.
1: Right, right, right. So basically nobody's getting along with anybody and it's not a good time for e- anyone involved, really.
0: Well, everyone's getting along. It's more just the passive-aggressive, like, hey, how's it going today? It's going peachy. <laughs>
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that's a good time always. Um, for myself, it wasn't a bad day. I work, did a workout in the morning uh, a little bit earlier than I ne- normally been doing since I've been off. When I'm working, I try to work out as soon as I get up because I'm a lazy fuck. If you give me all day to think of a reason to not work out, I will think of one. So I do it as soon as I get up. But having being off work, uh, I normally uh, wait a couple hours before I actually work out. It's a, it's a better workout, really. So you're more awake, you know, a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, today was a great workout. I actually maxed out all my reps, uh, second time or second workout in a row, which means next time I work out, I'm moving up all my weight. Yeah. I'm turning into a big, strong monster.
0: <laughs> I think really all this proves is being on a show with me or even really hearing the sound of my voice raises one's testosterone.
1: Oh, is that what that is? You're goddamn right. It is. Your long-term girlfriends must look wonderful after a while, huh?
0: Well, that's why I cut everything off in about three months
1: right they get a little too manly for you once they start growing a mustache you're out
0: yeah if they can get anywhere near the kind of beard i can i'm running for the hills
1: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to scroll through the oh okay yeah i wanted to double check Uh, we actually do have topics for tonight uh one of the things i'd like you guys to call in on is uh the craziest most eventful day you've ever had at work uh any job not just your current one anytime it give us a call and let us know about that crazy goddamn thing that happened to you one time that you'll be thinking about until the day you die. Um, we're also going to have our one word poll that it's so very popular uh, in honor of uh, Playboy magazine uh, stopping American print publishing. Uh, we're going, our one word poll today is going to be Playboy or penthouse. So for, feel free to give us a call and say one word or the other. <laughs> what about <laughs> See, you? Ryan?
0: Nothing off off the top. I, I figured your one word of the day was going to be something you know, just thrilling like it was yesterday. Maybe like odd or even.
1: Odd or even. <laughs> Look, not everything's going to be a winner. This is a work in progress, but I do like the one word poll, so we I think we're going to keep on going with it, and I do appreciate the suggestion because that was. Uh, let me find him on there. Uh, Team Evil Bad Guys wanted uh, to do to do that for the one word poll. He actually is the one that pointed out that uh, Playboy uh, announced they're not publishing in america anymore so which is something we can talk about as well because you know i'm sure as red-blooded american males most of us have uh fond memories of playboy uh the older we are i imagine the fonder the memories are you young uh, people probably not quite so much
0: (laughs) yeah I'm, i'm sure you found it back when it was still published on stone tablets in some uh in some forest somewhere right
1: well, the forest part's right, because actually that is where I saw my first Playboy is in the woods near my house, um, along with some other way nastier magazines. But yeah, um, forests were involved. Speaking of forests, I'm glad you bring that up. Uh, I happened to had a have a owl drop off a bear to English translation book at my porch earlier today, so, which tells me we might be getting a very special guest at some point today.
0: I, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that you can, you know, read and respond quickly enough to uh, to the bear talk.
1: I'm gonna do the best I can. You gotta remember, you gotta remember, he is, uh, you know, he's he talks very quickly and, and he's got a very thick accent. And I did just get the book today, uh, but I've been reading it ever since I got it. So I'm gonna do the best I can. It might take me a second to read, you know, to use the book, but I got it right here in front of me. So we're gonna do the best I can. So he'll be calling in later today uh but before he does uh do you guys anything you want to talk about anyone want to call in about their our current topics or anything at all
0: well well they're deciding what's what's your answer to the to the poll of the day the one worder
1: oh the one worder uh, penthouse uh, it it always it seems muddier to me and which i liked uh, uh playboy uh seemed it was actually too artistic for my tastes the uh, models never looked like people i could possibly even meet in real life much less have sex with Uh, I
0: I think I'm going to have to go playboy. The only reason I say that is that was the first magazine I remember a buddy of mine. uh, His parents went out of town and we happened to find just like this stack of playboys behind a bunch of car magazines uh, that his dad had. And the very top one of the list was the very first celebrity edition of playboy. They did uh, where they basically just archived together all of like the playboy or all of like the celebrity photo shoots. Mm. And uh needless to say, when I left that night, that magazine came with me
1: <laughs> Now, playboy did had have that over penthouse. they're the ones that got the vast majority of the celebrity uh, centerfolds
0: right well, yeah, that's so, because it was really only you know women with track marks and you know poor self esteem that did the whole penthouse
1: no that's not true penthouse if uh Playboy was the a magazine. Uh, penthouse penthouse was the b you you could go pretty far down you know in the alphabet still though you know you're you're talking like c's and d's um you know uh, i bought magazines before that i don't think they ever made more than one edition of, of the magazine uh you know if you uh, looked hard enough there's actually hardcore explicit magazines out there but yeah. You know, You didn't get most of those at like your corner store like that. You actually had to go to adult bookstores for them. But back in the day, people did that. You know, this is, we're talking like 92, 93, 94. You know, uh, if you didn't have a TV and a VCR, you know, uh, an adult bookstore is the only place to get any kind of real pornography.
0: It's hard to even remember that time. Luckily I was just hitting kind of the start of the internet. So we had, you know, the ability to, you know, log in through AOL and listen to those modem sounds and wait, oh, roughly 20 minutes for one picture to download.
1: (laughs) That was almost worse in some ways (laughs) to come back 20 minutes later. God damn it. That's not even a good picture. Fuck. That's how uh, the early uh, downloading of porn was, too, like on sites like LimeWire and such. You, you, all you had to go by was the name of the file. Now, you, you, what you did was you picked out like a whole bunch of different shit on uh, your whatever your the uh, file sharing program you used. Uh, LimeWire was the one I use for most things, but there's a half a dozen different ones. And you know, you click download on them, and then you went to bed because downloads took fucking hours. <laughs> and then you come back the next morning and get up, and like three quarters of your downloads would have failed, and, and you'd end up with like three or four videos, and you check them out. Half of them were mislabeled bullshit, and you might get like one or two good videos and that's w- what your daily porno was every every night you set up a whole bunch of shit that, so that you'd hope to have one or two videos the next day to fuck off to spank off with
0: yeah those those were interesting times to, to say the least but at least it, you know there was also some money making opportunities there because that was like the days of burning like mixed CDs for people and oh, charging yeah. them because they were poor and you were not and you actually had a burner
1: Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. A CD burner was like a high tech item, man. People, most people couldn't even conceive that Think, What do you mean? You're making your own CDs. What do you got back there?
0: Oh, I did that. So probably I would say like seventh to ninth grade, I probably made a good like three or four grand charging 10 bucks a CD for people to say, Hey, give me 12 songs, any song you want. I'll throw it on a CD
1: for you. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but a regular CD was 15 to 20 bucks or something like that. Wasn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely. So like I would sell for 10, you could get the actual burnable CDs for like, what, like a buck a pop. So I was hitting, you know, a thousand percent markup.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Not hard to make money if when that's your markup. Um, and I never did anything like that, but what I did was into the file sharing, you know, trying to get different programs for free. Uh, most so- software was a lot harder than porn or music though because they were larger files and it was a lot harder to find one that was really, that actually worked without being rife with pirate uh, wear and, you know, malware and all that shit. So I didn't fuck with uh, trying to download pirated software all that much, but music and porn, that was fair game for me. Well, I I mean, priorities, right? Right, right. And I'll I'll be honest with you, not even all that much music because I had mixed feelings about it. Uh, At the time, I knew a lot of musicians uh, in various stages of, you know, their career. Some of them, close to being big time some of them are never going to sniff it but the common denominator was they're all you know making cds and trying to sell them and even though they had various levels of success doing that i couldn't imagine taking that away from them like how are musicians supposed to make money if you don't pay them for their music so while i downloaded a song here and there i was actually kind of against it for the longest time
0: yeah see i'm more of an asshole so i figured hey i'm a broke teenager i'd like to not be a broke teenager so I'm going to download everything I can.
1: Well, yeah, and I totally understand that. But uh, it is, but Napster and then all the other file sharing uh, services are exactly why the music industry is the way it is today. People complain about uh, concert tickets being so incredibly expensive. And I tell them, well, what did you expect? They're going to have to make money some way or another. If no one's buying their albums anymore, well, they have to you know increase the price of their tickets. Uh, my favorite ones are the people that don't you know, that that, hate, that complain about that and pirate it's like i'm not going to pay anything for their music cuz i can get it all for free oh my god their tickets are 100 bucks each i refuse to go that's ridiculous like so oh well you get one or the other you either pay for your music and get cheap tickets or you don't pay for your music and you get expensive tickets
0: what is it not know how much i just don't know how much of a thing that is anymore so like when i think about it i'll still you know not necessarily pirate like i won't go out and download a bunch of mp3s or anything but i'll find singles off of albums to decide like is this worth actually buying Um, but i can tell you i've bought many more albums from from bands by essentially pirating a single than i would have ever bought in the first place now that doesn't that doesn't carry over to like the you know the broke teenager but like once you're not the broke teenager i think piracy actually helps sales
1: yeah yeah and that's true and well the, the thing is there are people that would never buy music in the first place um they're kind of you know depending a lot of it depends on the situation that they're in they're, they're in a spot where they're just not going to buy music they're not they don't have the money it's not that important to them if those people you know pirate something it doesn't really affect economics all that much uh but for the vast majority of people if they couldn't pirate it they'd buy it because they want the music um that being the case, making piracy so easy is the reason why I, at least I think concert tickets are so expensive because musicians want to make money, too. You know they don't want to work for free. And uh, because of the history of musicians making so much money at one point, it's not acceptable for a really high level musician, at least in his head, to make like one hundred thousand dollars a year touring. You know? if you, if wow. if ten years ago he was making he could have made ten million dollars a year, you know, selling records. Now, does that, does that musician deserve to make more than a couple hundred thousand dollars a year? Well, I don't know. That depends on who you ask, I guess.
0: Well, and half of it, right? So, like, concert tickets don't even get me started with, like, Ticketmaster and everyone that's actually running all of that. Because when I have to pay a convenience amount of, what, 10, 15 bucks to print my own fucking ticket, like, that entire system's just screwed up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's getting pretty ridiculous. Hey, can you do me a favor and talk for a second? I'm going to go let my dog out.
0: (laughs) All right. You got, yeah, that's awesome and professional. So, uh, so everybody out in the chat, what's going on? It is, uh, it's Monday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is Monday. Uh, let's see. Nothing really in the chat. So let's just, uh, take a look at the OG. So while Jay's coming back, did anyone see that, uh, Jay is getting paid? Hey, hey, I'm he back, was, I'm back, I'm back. Sorry. Sorry yeah, I didn't
1: take long. I just had to open a the door. I, they can get well, back hey, in there by themselves.
0: Yeah, I'm just getting to the point that you now you're Stacks of Cash, Jay.
1: Oh, yeah, I am Stacks of Cash, Jay. Um, it was official today. Uh, I went and checked. As most of you know, uh, I work at a country club, and I'm laid off in the winter. Uh, I was about to go back to work literally uh The day before I was supposed to go back to work, they announced that all restaurants and such had to remain closed until at least April 13th. So that extended my laid off time, obviously. Um, The stimulus package that was put out had some things into it for unemployed people. It added how much money you made every week. Like They added $600 to whatever you made every week from your unemployment check. It extended how long... Uh, you're able to file for unemployment and it waived your job requirement, to, your requirement to see, seek work. Basically, they're saying you don't have to try to get another job. Uh, we, we're going to give you, I think it equals out to like another three or four months worth, for, for me anyways, another three or four months worth of unemployment. And they're going to add $600 a week to my check. Um, so I will be making a little bit less than I would be if I was working, but it's pretty close to the same thing at this point, which is, Thank God. Yeah. I can't stress how much I was worried about this. Uh, it was not a fun time. You know, I'm not exactly a financial whiz, so I don't have tons of money, and, and I'm stupid with my money, and I am freely admit that. But it doesn't change the fact that I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to pay my bills. And it was getting pretty close to that. I'm not going to be able to pay my credit card uh, this month, and that never happens. One of my few rules of finance is you don't have a credit card balance from one month to another. And I'm going to have a credit card balance. Once that check comes in from the stimulus package, I'll be able to pay off that credit card balance. Uh, So it's not gigantic, but still, I don't like carrying one from month to month ever. It's the first time it's ever happened since I've gotten this credit card uh, a while ago.
0: (laughs) I I would just like a stimulus check. I'm not going to get one. I, I feel left out.
1: Um, I feel sorry for you, but that means you make so much more money than me that it's, it's hard to feel sorry for you, man. I'm glad you're still working. Let's just put it that way. And I'm glad that you are making enough money that you're not going to get, get it to be honest with you. Cause overall you're winning way more than me and my $1,200 person check.
0: Hey, I have a certain lifestyle that I have to keep up with here. I have to stay stocked with white claw and I have to have my gold plated bidet. Like these are <laughs> things that are required.
1: Well, well, it's good. It's good to have that we have very, the different lifestyles. Uh, the I consider myself lower middle class. I don't think I'm poor. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I eat every day. I make, a, I, I pay all my bills. Uh, I don't live in the hood, but I don't think I'm like in the. Uh, so I consider myself the lower end of middle class. You sound like you're not the lower end of middle class. So it's good to have a different view as well.
0: Uh, really, if I look at it like so, where I am in the country, like I am firmly middle class.
1: Well, yeah, I guess it depends on what everything costs and all that good stuff. And despite the fact that I live in, in a rich area, um, it's all um, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, I can't remember the word. Yeah, it, it it's a rich area for Michigan, which might not be considered a rich area for someplace else. You yeah, know, see, um, I'm
0: looking like just for a for a house that's acceptable here. I'd probably be looking anywhere from like a quarter million to like three hundred thousand.
1: Sorry, I'm I'm looking something up. Oh, uh, well, I mean, it depends on what you consider acceptable in which area. There are, uh, I don't, how much did you say again? Uh, we'll low into that? Uh, right around a quarter mil. Right around a quarter mil? Uh, yeah, uh, I that's actually probably about right for where I live. Uh, the average house around here is probably going to be about 250000
0: know, it's And yet, uh, y- you, did you like grandfather
1: yourself in there? I, oh, I, yeah, I guess that's a story. <laughs> um, no, what happened was back during the um, economic downturn back in 2009 when the when the housing market collapsed. That was right around the time I decided I was going to go looking for a house. And it stayed collapsed for a couple of years. And just by luck, I managed to hit it at exactly the right time. If you could look back historically, 2011 is right when the market bottomed out. And then after that, it started moving back up. That's when I bought this house. Um, It was a um, it was a a rental. Can you can you give me one second? I'm going to pause the. uh,
0: (laughs) You go ahead and do that. That sounds like quite the uh, quite thing going on in the background there. And the time he was talking about, I think if everybody looks back, I think that's where you could pick up like what like three houses in the shitty part of Detroit
1: for like a grand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, sorry, my wife was entertaining the dogs. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Um, and so this is a nice area. Uh, as I mentioned, the houses around here probably are in the two to four hundred thousand dollars range uh, and up. Um, but this wasn't a nice house. It's a small house. It's about nine, almost a so thousand square feet. It sits on a, a full acre, which is amazing for this area because I don't live, you know, in the boonies. Uh, but the people that own the house died. Their like middle to like 50 to 60 year old parent uh, kids inherited it and they didn't want to have anything to do with it. The, the parents that had owned it, but they didn't live there, it was a rental and it was in poor shape. And the people that had rented it left it in an even poorer shape. Um, I bought it as is, uh, with you know, filled full of trash. Um, for um, and this is embarrassing $38,000. That's absolutely ridiculous. Now I spent about $25,000, <laughs> um, uh, fixing it up. Technically speaking, almost none of that. Yeah, I mean, this is stuff like replacing drywall in one of the rooms, all the flooring had to be replaced, uh, all in new insulation. had to be put in lots of things. Uh, you know, just, there's just a lot of money spent on it, uh, just to get it, you know, basically livable. And there's still lots of little things that need to be done. Um, But we did all the major things like we, the, the, the basement leaked and we sealed that up. Uh, the main beam of the house was actually sagging. So we uh, got a couple floor jacks and big, you know, two by fours propped the beam back up and then bolted a big 24 foot by three inch by half inch thick, uh, plate onto the beam and bolted it in there. So the beam wouldn't sag anymore. Um, and then other minor reservation renovations and things like that. So, you know, Basically, all thing, all said and done, I got a house. Uh, the house for like probably call it sixty five thousand.
0: Still, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like you're oh. you're buying a house for the cost of a
1: car. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right, and still being a small crappy house, uh, it's still it's still appraised at somewhere between a hundred actually, last time I had it appraised it was a long time ago, and it appraised at one hundred five thousand. Since then, it's gone up substantially. It's probably somewhere worth. Um, 120 and 150,000 probably. It's the shittiest house on my street, but <laughs> there's something to be said about having the shittiest house on your street.
0: So you could damn near get an equity line on your house and buy another house with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Like I, like I said, it has cosmetic problems, but uh and things like that but if i if i left it tomorrow and, and said hey everything's everyone else's fucking problem i guarantee i could get a hundred thousand for it no problem at all uh if i decided i wanted to clean a house and repaint and things like that and fix some of the cosmetic issues i'm, sh- I'm sure i go with 120 to 140 mm-hmm. and like most a house practically identical to my house uh, down the street sold with a half acre lot instead of an acre lot sold for one hundred sixty thousand. so
0: Ah, that, great timing. I will give you that one. And you, you made what great mm-hmm. decision in your life so far? How that's, does that prob-
1: feel? that's probably about it. So it's it's nice. That's it's nice to know. Whenever I panic about money, um, I try to remind myself I have a lot of equity in the house. Because the other side of that is, if I fuck this up, I'm never going to own a home again. Because <laughs> um, if I can't if I can't handle so, this house payment, what kind of house payment can I afford? My house payment is less than rent in the hood. You know, I can't, if I, if I uh, lost my house and went and lived, lived in the ghetto, it would cost me more.
0: Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like I just paid cash for a used car. That was almost half of what your house cost.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, like I, like, I got really, really lucky. I really did. Um, you know, it, it, it was, and it was dumb luck. It's not like I had some plan where I've been watching the housing market for years and I was po- poised to strike. Um, I had just been living in a, a shitty rental for a while and I was tired of it. So I started, and I knew, I knew the housing market was down, gone, uh, excuse me, uh, down. So I started looking around and I was amazed at the prices I saw. I was like, wow, I might be able to afford this shit. You know, to, and that was at a point where I didn't really think I'd ever be able to afford a house. I was working where I was working, but I was making a lot less money at the time. I figured, I figured I'd just be r- a rental uh, for my entire life.
0: And that actually makes sense for some people like so where I'm at now, like I am renting a townhouse here because I just didn't want to buy anything Mm -hmm. being that I didn't really see myself being here long term. But I'll continue to this to do this until I decide to retire. And then I'm moving to an island somewhere.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong. Me and the wife talk about it all the time. Before we retire, we're probably going to sell this house and get like a townhouse or a condo someplace. We're going to do a lot of research because, you know, you don't get to, you're a lot closer to your neighbors in those situations. Um, but we don't really want to worry about maintenance and things like that. This house, when we bought it, had a brand new roof, a brand new water heater, and a, and a brand new uh, furnace in it. So I don't have any immediate issues to worry about. But eventually, you know, shit's going to go wrong and I'm the least mechanically inclined person in the world. You guys have seen my uh, do it yourself projects. I'm, I'm not the guy to be in charge of your house. Um, so it's either have someone come over and fix stuff all the time, which is, you know, uh, an expensive proposition after a while, or find some place where it's not your problem. And we, we, while we would, love to have a house with a yard and all that good stuff we know real realistically speaking since i'm not a real man it might be a good idea to get like a townhouse or a condo or or something of that nature
0: so i think probably what makes sense for you and this will probably be where you'll go eventually like i don't necessarily think it makes sense to sell the house you're in you should convert that into a rental property so then you just a rental property <laughs> And then you just end up hiring a management company. They take care of all of that for you for a percentage knowing how, how kind of not going to say upside down, but whatever the exact opposite of that would be with your equity in that house. Like you could pretty much have that as investment income that would pay for your new place and would also prop you up in the three months that you don't work.
1: Oh, right, right. Oh yeah. Well, there's no way we'd ever move unless I retired. You know, there's a, we're not in a position to buy to move and you know for if nothing else there's no reason for us to move unless we're going to move away from michigan and that would only happen if we're retired so we that's not a bad idea to instead of selling the house because by then by the time i retire obviously i won't owe any money on it i mean it's gonna be a long time before it's paid off just because i only started it like 10 years ago um but yeah and, and the payments are low um but uh, eventually, you know, when we move out, if we were in a position to get another place without having to sell this uh, property, that would be a good idea.
0: So you've had this thing 10 years mm-hmm. and you haven't paid it off. It's only 38 grand and you haven't paid it off.
1: Well, for one thing, it's, it started off as 38 grand and then about a year, about two or three years into it, I needed to uh, do a home equity loan to finish more renovations and stuff. That's which brought it. So at the sixty-five thousand dollar level, I've been paying it off for like six years or something like that, uh, and it's up and down to about like fifty-eight or some crap like that. It, you got to remember, the first it's on a thirty-year loan, and the first you know three or four years or five years, it doesn't take much off of it.
0: Well, depending on how you're actually paying on that thing, but uh, right, yeah, and people- digress.
1: And you, well, you also got to remember people are like, oh, why don't you go ahead and pay that off? I'm like, well, I'd love to pay it off. And eventually, you know, paying it off early is not a bad idea, but it's not going to save me all that mu- much. Uh, my actual principal isn't shit. Almost all of my payment is my house insurance and my uh, uh, equity for taxes and stuff because they take care of that all for me. My actual, pro- uh, you know, like w- when I have my house paid off, it's going to save me like 190 or $200 a month off what, what I'm paying now. So people, yeah, are like, oh, Why aren't to... you get that paid off? I'm like, because it's not going to save me shit. I mean, I mean, yeah, eventually, but I'm not going to financially stress myself to save 180 dollars a month.
0: Yeah, you say that until you end up having an extra 180 bucks a month in your pocket, and then it adds up over time.
1: But hey, oh, you do oh, you, yeah. right? No, no, I understand what you're saying, and financially it makes sense. I'm just, but I'm, yeah, I'm not normally a position where i can be throwing extra money at it anyways so the fact that paying it off will not save me a bunch of money makes me not as unhappy about that as i would be in a different position i guess that's the way to put it
0: yeah i guess i'm just the other side of the scale like i i cannot stand being in debt so basically everything i do i just buy in cash
1: well, I'd be—that's that, how I'd like to be, and that's how I feel about my credit card. Uh, the only my only exceptions to the rule are my house and my car because those are too big for me to handle. You know, uh, cash. Everything else, I just like to pay off. I, I don't like owing uh, credit cards. I got I got into that at one point, and to be honest, with you, with you, about five grand of that twenty five thousand was me uh, paying off credit card debt. <laughs> because i got i got behind i swore i'd never get behind again because it was sucked to me i don't know to you i realized five thousand dollars isn't that much but to me five thousand dollars was a shitload and it was really really i was you know trying my best to pay it off and i just couldn't you know every month it seemed like it stayed the same amount of money so when i did my home equity loan i took every advantage of it to pay off my credit card debt so you know uh which I really, which is a smart thing. I can't, I, I can't believe. I imagine anybody would be disagreeing with me about that.
0: <laughs> no, any any step you can take to get rid of your highest interest debt first is the right step to take.
1: Right. Well, how do you feel about the zero interest credit cards? Uh, like, for instance, for like stores and such. Like uh, quite a, a couple, few times when I've needed something uh, from Best Buy, I've used their zero interest credit cards, even when I had the money to pay for it.
0: Really, only if they have a good rewards program. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to carry that card over time. So if mm-hmm. you think of your credit, picking up these cards, even if they are uh, 0% interest, like the more cards that you are opening and the more credit lines you're having active is going to reduce from your average length of time on each account. And right. that's actually going to hurt your credit score. And it's going to give you worse terms when you go to make an actual like large purchase, like a house or a car or something else
1: right from but from everything i've read anything uh, all those terms are all the same over 750 from what i understand like there's like that's the capital of everything that's the best rates are at 750 and higher
0: uh yeah there's some variability there also just depends on on who you're dealing with and what underwriter you can get to do what um but yeah so i i'm not a big fan of picking up a card just for a 0% interest unless it has a great reward structure. No, that's good like what I know. do is I put all, I put every one of my expenses each month on a particular card because of the reward structure.
1: Yeah. That's what I do too. I use one card for everything because it gets good. It gets uh, good reward points.
0: Right. So every month I'll have, you know, I'll have a balance of, you know, five, six grand and I'll just pay that off every month, take the rewards. And then when it's time for travel, I don't have to be like you peasants and ride coach. <laughs>
1: we use our points for our points is for our, for travel as well. It's a capital one card and, but we use it for our vacations. Cause you know, we normally, we can't justify buying plane tickets and going places and paying for hotel rooms. But when it's all for free because of our credit card, well then, you know, spending the extra money while we're there is not quite a heinous crime. Um, but damn, what was I going to say? You were talking, what were you just talking about? what, what were you talking about just now? I was talking about reward structures on credit cards. God damn, I can't believe I'm totally blanking on what I wanted to say. That This is horrible. Well, oh, while I... you're
0: trying to figure that out, Andy wants to know what my occupation is. Um, and so what I do is I direct the third party data strategy for a top five insurance carrier. Sounds kind of complicated, but basically I'm in charge of developing like what different sources of data that we pull in to be able to essentially profile you as a person or your house as a structure and assign you the right rate. So I oh just go to a bunch of meetings and I ask a bunch of questions that people should have thought of in the first place and get them to scramble for answers.
1: Oh, I remember what I was going to say, by the way, that's actually kind of an interesting job, but it probably not on your side, huh?
0: Uh, it's boring as shit, but it's interesting, I guess.
1: Oh, I forgot what I was going to talk about. We were talking about uh, credit scores. And uh, at one point, my credit score was like uh, 805 or 806. Um, But uh, then I got married.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was uh,
1: sensing an and then. Well, my wife, uh, bless her heart, uh, does not have good credit. Uh, to the point where, like, there's no point in trying to get her good credit, really, because anything that she signs up for, she's not going to get. Eventually, we're going to work on this, like uh, we've talked about transferring bills over to her name and things like this. But for the now, that means any kind of large purchases are in my name, uh, including like both the cars and things like that. Uh, that becomes important because, as you've mentioned, you know, uh, credit scores keep track of that shit. So. You know, uh, over the over the last four or five years of marriage, my, they've lowered my credit score a couple times because of me taking on additional debt. And they don't, you know, it's not like I can tell them, oh, it's fine. My wife is helping to pay for that shit because that's not on the credit. That's not how credit uh, records work. You know, it's just, you know, that it just says there's a car payment that I'm responsible for. So my current credit last time I saw it like three weeks ago was like. 757 758 so i've lost a full 50 points of credit from being married
0: yeah that's that's going to be a pain in the ass to fix
1: yeah i mean it it could be worse 750 something's good credit i mean it's not it's not really hurting me too bad but like i said like you said it it might be uh, a slight difference in the kind of uh, rates i can get yeah depending on who you're working with i guess
0: Right. Yeah, you're still in a relatively preferred position, but yeah, the the lower that thing starts to tick, the more annoyed you're going to be with life.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think when I got my car, I probably could get a slightly better rate if it was still up at eight hundred instead of seven fifty something. Right.
0: Yep. That. Now, so, like, the thing with cars, like, I just I don't understand taking out a loan for a car, like with the depreciation that sets in on those things. If you cannot buy those outright. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless you're going to go out and you're going to get, like, you're in a position to get out and get a Porsche or a Lamborghini or something like that, where you're taking on a portion of it, maybe a loan for 40, 50 grand, and then putting in 20, 30 grand yourself. But I've just, I've never understood that. Well, I also don't understand people that lease. And I guess I understand certain circumstances, but I, I just could never see myself do it.
1: Okay, well, I can answer both those because I've been both have been in both of those positions. Uh, leasing is an easier one. Leasing, normally speaking, you can get a nicer car for for the lease payment than what you would get if you were buying it. Um, for example, there are several cars where if you were going to buy a similar car like that, you'll probably pay four or five hundred dollars a month for for a payment but you can lease that car or a similar car to it for like $250 a month. And it's because they know that they're going to be able to sell that car in three years and they know, and they have a good guess on the depreciation value. So they're able to offer you the car for less money than if they were selling it, because they know they're going to recoup some of that money back at the end of the lease. So that's why I always did it is because, you know, uh, in my case, for a majority, I couldn't afford any car payment because they are too high. But I can afford a lease payment because they are significantly lower.
0: Yeah, I guess that's just I guess it's that's just me as a person. I'd rather right. rather own the things that I have.
1: And as for the why why I'd rather make payments on a new car rather than um, you know buy a used car, uh, I'm not mechanically inclined. Uh, I've owned shitty cars my entire life and there's nothing worse than driving down the road going what's that sound? Wait, what's that vibration? Do you hear that? Do you smell that? Oh shit, we're broke down again. Uh, and I don't need that stress in my life. I mean, yeah, I could buy a 2 or 3,000 dollar car, but realistically speaking, it's probably going to break down within 6 months to a year and then I'm going to have to put 500 dollars into that 2,000 dollar car. Then 6 months later I'm going to have to put another 1,000 dollars into that 2,000 dollar car and, you know, I I realistically realistically speaking can't afford to drop more than two to four thousand dollars cash on a car i don't have those kind of resources so i I buy new i buy cheap new i mean like my my newest car after rebates and employee discounts my dad worked for the company at one point it was like nineteen thousand dollars uh which is pretty cheap for a new car yeah so that's the best i can do
0: fair enough whatever works for you
1: there you go so I am expecting a bear sign at any time here um, he uh, told me he's gonna try to call him today he's but he had ranger issues so it will probably happen some point tonight um, so be ready for it it's going to be uh, quite the interview I think uh, but in the meantime Ryan uh, you never told us yeah uh, you know, what's your crazy work day that's one of our topics today what's your crazy work day
0: ah crazy work day you know, there was the time. Hmm. Do I want to tell this one? Yeah, let's go for it. So uh, I think we've kind of touched base on this a little bit over the past week or so. Um, but at one point I did run security at a strip club. Mm -hmm. So one of the nights there, um, we had one of the newer strippers. There wasn't exactly like one of the smarter folks. Um, but, just to cut down the the backstory there, she's probably in her third or fourth day working there, third or fourth night working there, and about halfway through the night, one of the uh, the other uh, bouncers, one of the guys that walks around, takes care of all the empties, things like that, catches this chick blowing a dude in the private room, which, you know those things kind of happen in strip clubs, however, like that is like grounds to get you thrown the fuck out. Um, So, He brings it back to me. I have to go call the fucking owner because, of course, this is my job to deal with it. Um, So call the owner. Owner tells me I need to get this chick out. So go find her. Um, She's sitting in this booth with like eight guys. So I know this is going to go well. Tell her that we need to talk to her in the back. The guys say no. I tell them we're going to go talk in the back. They end up shutting up after a couple seconds when we all started to congregate around them. Um, but we finally get her to the back, tell her that she needs to get her shit and get the fuck out. And she tries to spike me in the head with a heel. Oh my. Now, mind you, this woman's like five foot three, like 87 pounds. And she's probably coked out of her mind. Uh, so she tries that, ends up breaking her heel on the table behind me. So <laughs> I end up having to throw her over my shoulder. Get one of the other girls to take all of her shit and throw it in a bag. I take her outside. I drop her off. The other girl throws the bag at her, ends up hitting her with it. So that's where we thought the night was over. We got rid of the girl that was blowing the dude in the back. Well, right. come closing at about 3 a.m., we all kind of start cleaning up and start heading home. This crazy bitch ends up getting all of her tweaker friends. Together And they're sitting outside waiting for me and the other girl. So we walk out. We immediately walk back in because I'm not retarded. I'm not going to fight like eight dudes. End up having to call the cops. The cops show up. And needless to say, I think there were probably six to seven tasers deployed. Oh, my. Uh, so we had a bunch of shocked tweakers ending up in the back of a policeman all because a tweaker chick decided she could blow folks at my strip club.
1: Oh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. I, I, I feel bad for the lady. I mean, she was just trying to be an entrepreneur really, you know, but rules are rules. You know, you can't, if you break them for one person, you got to break them for everyone. And then there'd just be blowjobs all over the place. Well, you just
0: gotta be, you gotta be sneaky with it. So like in this strip club, there was a place, there was a private area for like private dances and then you actually have, like, a VIP room where you have, you know, a little bit more cover, we'll call it. She was doing it in the private area where, like, anybody else could see exactly what's going on. Like, it's oh. just, like, another kind of offside of, you know, the main room. So she was doing it there. If she would have done it at the VIP, no one would have known. She would have made her money. We would all turn the other way and, you know, supported the horrible things that happened.
1: <laughs> wow! Yeah, my stories is probably not quite uh, that interesting, but I'll still tell it. um Way back in the day, I was working for a uh, at a gas station, and uh, while I was working there one day, I had a guy come in, start talking with me. He was very personable, and we started chatting. And it turns out he's waiting for a ride. And it was did he mind if I if uh, he hung out there for y'all you know, a couple minutes? I said, No, sure. So we started chatting, and it turns out uh, what he did was uh, sell magazines door-to-door. But he didn't just sell magazines door-to-door. He did it in this really cool way. Um, So what they would do is go door-to-door with this um, laminated uh, card they had with all these different magazines on it. And And after each magazine name, it had points listed on it. And they would tell people that, you know, they're in a competition to go on a trip or win this or win that or whatever the bullshit was, you know, and, you know, each magazine subscription they sold got them points. And if, you know, if you could get them some points, it really helped them out. Well, it turns out, yes and no. (laughs) This company occasionally did give away trips and stuff like that, but that's not what this was. Uh, For each magazine subscription they sold, they made anywhere between two and ten bucks, depending on how expensive the subscription was. Uh, And all it was was about thirty or forty kids between the ages of like eighteen and thirty. Uh, that were loaded up on vans and went from city to city and state to state, staying in cheap hotel rooms, loaded up like four kids in each room. And every morning, the uh, team leaders would load them up on all different vans and go out to different areas, drop them off and have them try to sell magazines. Uh, and it was all for cash, of course. Uh, I mean, we took checks too, but yeah, we well heck, we take fucking bottles if that's what, how you wanted to pay us. <laughs> and that was my job for about a week, uh, until I decided that that was not for me. I'm not really personable knocking on people's doors and trying to sell them magazine subscriptions seems kind of scummy. And all these people definitely seem like they're, were, they're were con artists. Uh, but I'll tell you about my favorite day. Um, that was the day that I was in training with Dan. Dan was one of their top sellers. Um, this company had this big spiel that I'd mentioned about you know uh trying to win a contest to go on trips and things that they wanted you to use to sell the magazines dan ignored all that shit uh dan was flamboyantly gay and dan used that to his advantage uh an example uh, we walked up to this one door uh he knocked on the door the guy opened the door uh some white dude looked like he was like 35 had a couple tattoos uh like a semi mullet going overweight Dan starts singing and dancing. He goes, "Ah, want to sell you magazines and does like a little twirl and then points his fingers at him, finger guns. Uh, the guy didn't buy uh, any magazines, but he did give us a couple beers. Uh, and that's kind of how my day went. We'd sell a magazine here and there, but mostly Dan just drank and smoked weed with people. Uh, he was amazing. We went, we walked, we walked up to another door. He knocked on the door. Now keep in mind, this is a black guy with a high top fade. Um, the door opens. Dan goes, hello, we're having a, an Alcino Hall look like contest. He points at me. Can you believe this guy's winning? And then he went from then on to try to sell magazines. It was the most fucked-up, weird day I've ever had in my life at a job. And to be honest with you, one of the funnest ones I've ever had. And that—that that, that, and that like is an- my weird day at work.
0: So really, that sounds like an offshoot of the crazy, like, Kirby salesman that go door-to-door. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Only you uh, didn't even have like a real product, it was just magazines?
1: No, supposedly these people got their magazines, but I uh but it wouldn't surprise me if that never happened either. Yeah, but it was just selling different magazine subscriptions. And they weren't good magazines, they were they weren't any magazines you'd ever heard of. You know, there wasn't like Playboy or Sports Illustrated, you know. I think there is like, you know, uh Guns and Groceries, that might have been one of them. Um <laughs> Southern Macrame. um, You know, uh, the West Illinois bird guide, uh, just shit like that. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, I I didn't like doing it. It, it, The day that I decided I was done with it, uh, they dropped me off in a neighborhood in Flint. Um, I spent the first part of the day in in a projects uh, where I earned uh, a nickname that I've never heard before, but still makes me laugh to this day. Uh, I was walking through the projects and, you know, like I'm watching people like play dice on porches and things like that. I was like, I was like, wow, this is probably not the place for me. It, it, this is it was confirmed a moment later when someone said, Hey, hey, Opie Cunningham. I look over, he go. I look over, and there's this black guy looking at me. He goes, Hey, Opie, this ain't the place for you. <laughs> I said, You are right, sir. In my head. But I out loud, I just waved at him and said, Okay, yeah, maybe I better get out of here. And uh, I left. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I think it's about time. I think we hey. have bear sign. Holy shit. Okay, here we go, folks. Let us welcome Bear Stair. How you doing, sir? Excellent, excellent. Uh, he said very good. Uh, we appreciate you calling in, sir. Brian, uh, do you have any questions for him? I don't have a question, but, but I'm pissed off that I don't get theme music. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm going to assume from this that you are a Russian bear, sir. We never got into that. Oh, Ukrainian. Okay, I apologize. I didn't, I didn't know there's a difference. Um, so how did your week go today? Oh, how did your week go today? Uh, how have you been? How did your week go? Okay. Oh. Four fish. Okay, wow, wow, that's quite quite an accomplishment, man. I, I um I don't think I could catch a single fish with my mouth, much less four. Um. Well, let me ask you, why did you call in? It was is this a special occasion?
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. Give me guys, give me a second to translate this. Um Oh, okay. Uh he wants to do a new segment called uh, Forest Follies presents Bear Stare joke of the week. So Bearster you have a joke for us then. okay go ahead okay okay uh, well okay give me a second. So what do you get when you mix the flu with a Chinese bear? Okay, well, I think I got that right. Was that what you said? Yeah, okay. Do you? you, Does anyone want to call and try to guess what you get when you mix the flu with a Chinese bear? Anybody want to guess? Give us a call. (laughs) No? Okay, I guess everyone's too shy, I guess. Well, well, Stare, what do you get when you mix the flu with a Chinese bear, sir?
0: Did we lose you? The dramatic pause is great. Oh, is
1: that what that is? Okay, here we go. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Can you repeat that last part? I, I didn't. I don't think I got that. Uh, a little bit slower. Okay. Mhm. Okay. Okay, let, let me I'm trying to translate this. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> what do you get when you mix the flu with a Chinese bear? A pandemic. Yay. <laughs> Very nice very nice bear stare I can appreciate a good bear joke <laughs> wow well, well I appreciate you calling in bear stare we're going to do this you want to do this every week ex- okay exit no dude you can call in whenever you like not just for the official uh, bear stares joke of the week but we expect to hear you again next week for for your joke man Okay, 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 well, no. Okay, yes, we will definitely do that. I'd like, he wanted want me to mention that he is an embarrass, embarrassed, an barrister, I don't think that's the word to say it, for human-bear relations, uh, so that if any of you want to contact him about that, you can contact me, and I will pass the message along. So uh, go ahead and email me at particular.orgie uh, at gmail.com, and I will pass the message along. All right, Mr. Bear Stare, we're going to let you go. I appreciate you calling in. You got any party words, sir?
0: That is right, sir. Fuck the OG.
1: Hi, Bear
2: Stare.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Bear Stare.
0: That was amazing. I could barely
1: contain myself.
0: That was an bear absolute
1: bear roll of laughs. Yeah, I appreciate you calling in, Bear Stare. Uh, maybe once we make this a regular thing, people won't be afraid to call in their guesses for the Bear Stare joke of the week. Um, let's see, what else do we got tonight? Uh, that's about it, really. Uh, we got about 10 minutes to, to fill. If you guys got anything you'd like us to talk about. Uh, I'd be more than happy to speak on that. You guys can call in if you want to talk to me about anything. Tell me I'm a horrible person. Uh, many people have in the past. They're all wrong. Obviously, I'm fucking awesome. But yeah. if you want to express your opinion, I'm willing to hear it. See, as yeah. usual, supporting me is unanimous.
0: Unanimous, huh?
1: Unanimous. God, I swear to God, sometimes I feel like a character or character from Little Rascals. You know? You're just so Goddamn eloquent. Yeah. Hey Ryan. Uh, speaking of eloquent, why don't you speak for fifteen seconds?
0: Fifteen sec. What am I even speaking about? Are you running away again?
1: No, I'm not running away. I'm typing. I need to speak with my fingers for a second.
0: You you can't talk and type at the same time. Now that is absolutely ridiculous. Like it's not like we're asking you to you know ride a two wheeled bike or shovel snow. Like oh, this I'm is not just typing. I. Wait wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. wait, You've never heard of the Little Rascals, uh, Team Evil Bad Guys? No? That's horrible. Oh, my. Okay, yes, you have. Okay, don't scare me like that. You know, my wife hadn't. I was amazed. The other day, I was trying to tell her about Eddie Murphy's amazing Buckwheat impersonations, and she'd never heard of it. And not only had she not heard of it, she didn't know who Buckwheat was. I was like, how do you go through life not knowing who Buckwheat was, especially if you're our age? You know, for you young uh, fellas, I can understand it's probably not on TV anymore, but that shit was on all the time when I was a kid. Wasn't that like or, an old like, black and white show? Yeah. Yeah. It was an old black and white show about like a gang of little kids. We're talking like five to 10 for, I believe most of them, maybe 12. And Buckwheat was a little uh, black kid with a speech impediment and, you know, big puffy hair. That's racist. <laughs> it was kind of uh but eddie murphy did a did a character on saturday night live in the 80s uh that was buckwheat all grown up and uh, oh we got tenor calling in hopefully about buckwheat because i want to talk about him <laughs> hey, tenor. hey tenor how you doing buck
2: uh, i'm just leaving work i'm driving right now um so yeah that bear thing that was pretty interesting eh
1: yeah, yep, yep, yep. He, yeah, he sent me the translation book earlier, Be a Owl, and I've been reading it most of the day, so I hope I didn't talk too much of it up.
2: <laughs> so I wanted to uh, talk about one an eventful day that I had at work one time.
1: Oh, excellent. Someone actually called in on the topic. Go ahead, sir. I think,
2: I think it was my fucking topic, so I'm the only one that's calling in about it, but fuck it. All right, so I, I'm I'm as many people on the OG know, I'm in law enforcement, and you know what? In, in the grand scheme of law enforcement stuff, I haven't gotten into too much cool shit. So I'm going to actually tell uh, a, uh, a story about my construction days. All right. So, sure. All right. So I lived in uh, a little small like Scottish settlement town in, in, in on the Gulf of Mexico in, called Dunedin, Florida. All right. So I used to do uh, – I got out of college. I went down to Florida, moved there with my um, hot fucking – ex-girlfriend who's crazy like all hot bitches anyways um so i was doing construction i I graduated from college had a degree in criminal justice and said fuck it i'm gonna do some construction for a while so i got on this crew of fucking misfits and it was masonry we were building like million dollar golf course community homes so you know these these homes would be on someone would buy like a home a plot on a hole so right out their backyard would be like the 17th fucking hole um so, and I, I worked with this fucking group of guys doing masonry, we, we, we would just build the block of the house. Like it was just all eight inch, eight by eight by 16 inch block. Um, and then we'd pour the concrete and then um, down, down the down cells. And uh, then somebody would stucco it and then they'd frame it out on the inside or whatever. Um, so I worked with these guys as a backstory, the foreman, Every every after every break, you know, morning break, uh, lunch break, and then afternoon break, he's passing a joint. This is the guy that's supposed to be leading the crew. So he's passing a joint, which is cool. We're all fucking derelicts anyways. And I don't know if you guys know. I don't know how it is up here, but down there, it's a right to work state. But these guys on these residential jobs, these masons, were fucking complete drunks. So the time they got on the slab to the time that they were done for the day, and when they went home and passed out, they were just popping bush beer. And it, it, an easy way to hide the fucking cans is you throw them down the down cells. They're laying block, they're up on the scaffolding laying block, they throw these fucking beer cans down the uh, down the down cells, and then you know, it's an easy cleanup. Um, so I'll tell you about the time. I first, I'll, let, let me tell you about a character I worked with. His name was Tommy. They called him T-Bone. Tommy T-Bone or Tommy T-Bone Provolone, which is this, this freaking guy. He was he, he looked like Vince Neil, but with a big beer gut because he was uh, drinking Bush beer all day, complete drunk, <laughs> all day long. Tommy T. bone Provolone. So this guy, and he, he would get his words mixed up. So I'll tell you two examples, and this came out of this fucking guy's mouth. So one time, he got his check, and he went—he he checked, and he—he he, he looked on his check. He said, yeah, "Our foreman's name is Steve." And this is how Tommy T. bone Provolone talked. He was like, "Steve." Hey Steve, I worked two hours of overtime last week. Steve, you know I'm gonna need to be confiscated for that. So, so instead of saying <laughs> compensated, this fucking Yahoo says confiscated.
1: That's hey, I can, I can relate.
2: <laughs> this, that's one example. Another one. I used to give him a ride to work because obviously this guy's got fucking 15 DWIs and and he can't drive. So. One time, we're leaving a construction site and he's got a can of bush, you know, he just pounded and he wants to throw it in the dumpster, the construction dumpster, so I pull alongside of him. This fucking guy goes to throw the beer can in the dumpster and misses. He's like, don't laugh, it just didn't have enough philosophy.
1: Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Instead
2: of velocity, this fucking guy. So anyways, this, this is the group of guys that worked. Also, he also, I saw him tripping on acid, walking the, the top of the lentil, pouring concrete down down cells. While tripping on acid, so that's just that's just like a, a little backstory. So, anyways, we had three brothers, the Harold brothers, that worked there, and they were all from fucking Tampa, on the Nebraska Ave. Thieves. They were just fucking thieves, and and they were just ne'er do wells. So the youngest brother, Gordon, started giving me fucking shit one day, and he was you know he was like a fucking punk, and you know I guess we were all punks back then, but he was a real fucking punk ass. So he started giving me shit one day. And I fucking gave him the two piece, just fucking, just two, a quick one two. And I hit him, uh, I hit him on that, that brow bone. So it fucking split and fucking bled constantly. So there was only like one rule you couldn't get fired. We're talking about guys tripping on acid, walking a leno You're talking about drinking all day on the slab, you know, Pat Foreman passing a joint at lunch. There was one fucking rule no fighting. You get fucking fired. You fight, you get fired. So the foreman, he's like, hey, Mike, listen, I, I I gotta let you go, man. You know the rules. Well, unbeknownst to me, when when I'm talking to Steve, Gordon fucking Harold's creeping up behind me with a fucking sledgehammer. And he had it up above my head. He was he was about to come down with a fucking axe chop to my head with his fucking sledgehammer. Would've, he would've killed me. So somebody saw him and caught the fucking sledge as he was coming down with it. I was a fucking dead man. So that's, that's, that's the time I almost got murdered on the job site.
1: And <laughs> you never saw it coming.
2: No, I'd been dead. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what hit me. I'd be brained and be, be fucking dead right there. Fucking. And that, is, out of that.
1: And is the worst way to die. By the way, you don't want to be up in heaven comparing stories and they're like, Oh, how did you die? Oh, I was shot. How'd you die? I was hit by a car. How'd you die? I have not a fucking clue. Well, you get no, to go sure. stand on the stupid cloud.
2: That fucking scumbag Gordon Harrell, that fucking thief would have came up behind me and brained my ass. I'd be dead. So that's that, that's 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 my one my one I almost got killed at work story. Um, I got another one, but that was in law enforcement, and I uh, had I had a, a, a hitman, and you he, say no shit a hitman? No, there was a somebody got murdered up here in upstate New York, and um, somebody's brother was a high up. Uh, in, in, I, I believe it was in the floods from New York City. And they came up, and they were hitmen. One guy had a couple bodies. He was wanted by the, the federal marshals. Um, and they got uh, one of my guys, one of my partners, um, had their car pulled over in this uh, tavern parking lot. And did a vehicle search, you know, found some probably bullshit PC, but did a vehicle vehicle search and got into the trunk and found ARs um, that these guys were going to kill this other guy that killed the other guy's brother. And they all they all scattered. There's three of them, and they weren't they weren't in custody. They were just doing a vehicle search here, like on the side of the road, you know, sitting curbside, or whatever. And they scattered once the ARs were found. Well, one of the guys, I hear you know them call out, you know, got three guys uh, on foot. Two of them got caught very quickly. But one guy went back, went into the tavern, and if if, I don't know how it's like where where y'all live, but up here, a lot of times these shitty little taverns and these shitty little towns have, like, uh, apartments above them. So it's like you got, like, four or five shitty economy apartments above this tavern. Well, he gets up into the, the stairwell in there and then busts through a door into an apartment, and he's basically, you know, a barricaded subject up there. So we all get called. And I'm on one corner of the building. You know, we got the, the whole building surrounded. And um, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm standing there. You know, everybody's got their guns drawn. And this fucker somehow, well, I know how he did it. He busted through a fucking window, got on the roof. And he was right dead smack above me. And there was a state trooper that could see him. I couldn't see him because of where, where, where my vantage point was. I didn't have, I had eyes on the porch downstairs. Not, not so this fucking guy's above me. I hear a state trooper go. He's above you. So I'm like, fuck. I duck. I duck under the the, the porch of the tavern. And I'm like, fuck. I gotta. I gotta get out there. I mean, I'm sure other guys, other people had eyes on him. But uh, so I had. I fucking. Well, if I'm gonna get capped, I'm gonna get cap. So I fucking came out real quick and drew down on him. And um, we actually got him. And that was the guy that was wanted. He had two or three bodies on him. I think he's in in prison forever for all this bullshit so I, I thought the construction story was a little more more harrowing.
0: <laughs> I think regardless you have us beat I just have strippers trying to impale me with shoes.
2: <laughs> I don't know if you saw in the chat when you're like I got a story and I, I, I chimed in on the chat I said what did, did you uh, comment on, on one of your co-workers TPS reports?
0: Yeah, I don't have any good stories from, you know, corporate me, but, you know, degenerate me. I had some, at some <laughs> times.
2: Oh, I've, I've got some stories, some fucking college stories. We should get into that at some point. All right, I'm going to get off the phone. You guys enjoy your night. Hopefully I monopolize enough of your time that uh, you can just roll on out of here.
0: You say safe out there, officer.
2: <laughs> I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one, <laughs> y'all. Thanks, man. Yeah, peace.
0: Jay, you still out there or have you turned into a pumpkin? I'm going to assume that means he turned into a pumpkin.
1: Oh, I forgot I had my microphone turned off. <laughs> it's very loud over at the uh, Passive Jay household today. So, uh, yeah, I need to turn it off and I'm not speaking. Otherwise, you guys will hear dogs and wives and other various things. Um,
0: or are you just furiously jacking it over the you know, officer story.
1: No, 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 uh, over your stripper story. Um, But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Anyways, I believe we're going to call it a night after that. Uh, As always, I appreciate you guys listening. You guys are a great crew. Your your support is what gets me through this every day. Um, Hopefully, we'll be getting some great guests in soon. If not, hey, me and you guys, just me and you, together, forever. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Um, That's Ryan over there. Say bye, Ryan.
0: No, I'm not going to say bye. I'm going to say f the OG.
1: Unless well, you're yeah, a bear, they're great. Yeah, bears are great. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what? I actually do want to uh, thank Bear Stare and the Tender for calling in. It's always a great time. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Listen then, or download whenever. You guys have a great night. You rat bastards.